Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have great news for you. Bet Online, they continue to get it done, is the number one betting source for you. Head on over to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to sign up and get 50% off on your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. B-L-E-A-V, you'll get your bonus, you'll get started, bet online, and listen, it's the headquarters for all betting. What a great time of year it is, right? We're coming off of all the basketball, the NFL, now we have horse racing, golf, MLB, NHL playoffs, and the NBA playoffs as well. BetOnline.ag, BetOnline, where the game starts. Hi, this is Cal Ripken Jr., and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. Gimbal Sports Platter back with you. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by Burn Dairy, Welch and Company Jewelers, Elevate Fitness of Syracuse, and Liverpool Physical Therapy. Hey, if you're in need right now of post-op help, shoulders, back, neck, whatever the case may be, make sure that you go with my friends over at Liverpool Physical Therapy, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And I do want to throw a quick tip of the cap thank you out there as well. To Camillus Golf Club, our great friends at Rosie's Corner, Bowers & Company, CPAs, and friends of the program, Daryl Abert, Bob Lindsley, the Alonzo family, and the Swan and Whitaker families. Well, he's a National Lacrosse Hall of Famer, a Syracuse lacrosse great, in his own right, one of the unbelievable players to come through Syracuse University, of course, has a ton of Central New York ties going back to his state championship winning days at West Genesee High School I bring in not only a legend in the game of lacrosse, but a good friend of mine, and I'm proud to say that it is, in fact, Charlie Lockwood. What's up, Charlie? I know, Mike. I'm, I'm glad to be back and uh, talk SU uh, sports and everything else that we're going to talk about. You know, it's amazing. I went onto the USA Lacrosse website, and I saw 2015. How is it possible that it was eight years ago that you were inducted into the into the hall, man? That is That's crazy. Eight years. Wow. Yeah, it goes by quick, man, and uh, as I get older, it seems like things keep going faster and faster and faster, so I'm trying to enjoy, you know, the weeks and the months because it, they seem like days. Yeah, they really do. Um, what have you made of this SU lacrosse team here this year, um, you know, with, with Gary and, and his crew, um, and do you see even in, because some of the losses, I kind of see some things where I'm like, you know what? They lost that game, but boy, I like that. I like this. I like the future of the program. But again, future, we don't know. College sports are wild these days. It's a different world. Give me your kind of state of the union on Syracuse men's lacrosse, the here and now, and then the future. Well, to start, you know, obviously coming off a pretty dismal season last year, you know, the, the team was 4-10. and ten. It was the worst record in Syracuse University's existence. Uh, I think it was like 109 or 110 years. So, that's where we were starting with, right? So the expectations, you know, were coming off the bottom, but the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, was that, you know, we had a new coaching staff, um, you know, obviously Gary Gaten, Dave Petramala, T.D. Erlin, you know, great assembly of coaches right there. And then we have, you know, the number one recruiting class coming in for 2022, headlined by Joey Spolina. We got guys like Finn Thompson and, you know, on and on and on. They, they, they had the best guys coming in. So to me, the question was going to be, okay, how quickly can 18 and 19-year-old freshmen lacrosse players, the, the best ones in the 
on the high school landscape, how quickly can they adjust to the next level, big boy lacrosse, division one lacrosse, and oh, by the way, coming to Syracuse University where you're under a microscope, and oh, by the way, you're playing probably the toughest schedule in the country. So for me, it was like, it, it was refreshing to know that there was these things coming down the road, but I think my questions have sort of been answered at least initially how this season's playing out as you alluded to mike you know they're an exciting bunch of kids you know they're highly skilled high lacrosse iq the disadvantage they have is experience and they're playing a brutal brutal schedule so you know syracuse right now is about where i thought they would be you know as far as their wins and losses but I think down the road, a year or two years down the road, Syracuse should expect to be in that top five range again. And I think that's where all lacrosse fans here in upstate New York want them to be ASAP. Where, where is the line drawn in, in Division One lacrosse right now? You know, how do you, how, how do you get to, to, to the top? Is the recipe different now because of... I mean, I know that the NIL transfer portal stuff doesn't hit lacrosse like it does men's hoops and football, obviously, because a lot of the bread is buttered there, not only financially, but from a needle-moving perspective, fan interest and all that. Not a disrespect to the great game of lacrosse, obviously. It's just how it is, and you know that. But what is – Charlie, is there like a new, you know, recipe that has arrived in the game the last couple of years for, okay, we're going to try it this way in recruiting, this way in style, this way in scheme – this way and whatever, as the years go on, because I feel like lacrosse is so year to year. I mean, the last time I talked to you, it was, well, the parody of the game's grown even more, and it's this and it's that. And now since I last talked to you, it seems like lacrosse has completely changed again. So what is the what what is the model, I guess, is the question, to, to try to get to the top so, of the mountain? So I wish I could give you this fancy answer, Mike, that, you know, there was some magical uh, potion or a wand that's waved, and, you know, you're at the top of the heap. It'll always come down to one thing for me, and I think a lot of people would agree. It's recruiting. It starts and ends with recruiting. So right now, there's three teams, at least in my opinion, that are right at the top of the heap, and everyone's chasing these three teams. It's Virginia, Maryland, and Notre Dame. And if you look, Mike, at their recruiting over, say, a rolling four- to six-year span, they're going to have top five class after top five class after top five class. And over time, that's a pretty impressive group of kids. Not that you, you, you can win with three and four star guys. It's just like any other sport, Mike. But when you start on your baseline with five star rated lacrosse players, and then you mix in these unbelievable coaches like Lars Tiffany and, and John Tillman and those type of guys, it makes it like a lethal combination. And so I do think there is some transfer portal activity, you know, that hits some programs more than others. Like, for instance, Rutgers last year, Mike, made the final four in yep. men's lacrosse. Yep. Rutgers, I don't think, had been there for ever, or it's been a long time since they were there. The coach came straight out last year and said, we were very successful the year prior in the transfer portal, getting kids to come to Rutgers. So there is some of that too. And there's, there's evidence of that, but I'm always going to go back to recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. 
Syracuse University, number one 2022 recruiting class. That bodes well for the next few years, but if you peel it back a little bit, Mike, where were they in 21? Where were they in 20? Where were they in 19? And those are the players that we see as upperclassmen on the field now, right? So it, you need you need four solid classes of recruiting, in my opinion, to stay at the top, to be at the top. There is parity in college lacrosse, which means on any given Saturday or weekday now, because there a lot of lacrosse games are played during the week now, but anyone can really beat anyone, say, in the top 10, top 15, top 20. Once you get outside of the top 20, and there's only about 75 or 80 Division I lacrosse programs, it's hard for those other teams to compete. They just don't have the horses to hang. They might have three or four guys that can hang with the three or four guys on the other team, but five through 20, five through 25, just, you know, don't stack up. So recruiting, Mike, that's that's the answer I'm going to give you, is going to ultimately win out and give you sustainability at the top. Charlie Lockwood with us, the Hall of Famer, Syracuse lacrosse, great, of course, uh, tons of success at West Jenny as well, state title and all the rest. Uh, also is the podcast co-host, uh, I mean, this guy is a media star now, uh, locked, <laughs> yeah. locked and Loaded, which I just subscribed to the YouTube page, um, and I got to start listening to that show uh, on the regular, but how do you how do you like the show? And and you've gotten into that a little bit, right? You got a program going with uh, uh, uh you know youth lacrosse now. You're a busy dude. Get into some so, things, so, maybe yeah, you know. Mike, you got me started years ago. You know, <laughs> I got did me into this podcast I thing, and I, I kind of like it. And the reason that it sort of gets me going and stimulates me uh, week to week is, you know, I get you know these these guys, former players, former friends of mine, not former friends, friends of mine, uh, former teammates, I should say. Um, referees, coaches, you know, people in the in the sporting world. Uh, you know, uh, later on this week, I'm I'm interviewing John Wallace. You know, a former teammate of mine in Syracuse. And you know, the thing that I love talking to these guys about, Mike, is some of the stories that the people out there in the general public might not have heard, or they didn't know existed, or just like you know, different perspectives on what was going through these guys' minds during either the game or the season or their life that maybe the, the, the general media didn't know. So that to me is kind of cool. Um, I love listening to these guys. I'm, I'm fans of them. So it's a really cool thing. And, uh, it's called locked and loaded. I do it once a week and, uh, hopefully we'll keep it going. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, your, your, your success, uh, on the lacrosse field, uh, speaks for itself. And then your post career is amazing as well. And you've had, a million interactions like so many people with Jim Beheim, and it's officially over. I mean, it, this is really real life, right? I mean, he is retiring. I, I feel like we have to ask like the Brady thing too. Like, is this really it? Um, Jim steps away. It kind of got a little weird and dicey in the end, but I think it kind of was perfect because he kind of went out the way I expected him to go out kind of ornery and questioning people and people coming at him and him having some fun with it. Um, the national championship team comes back into town for that finale there against Wake. They win the game. Um, I, I don't know. I, it, it was kind of typical Jim Beheim going out, but good Lord, man, almost 50 years uh, as head coach, um, you know, way, way over that as far as golf coach, assistant coach, student, the whole thing. Um, couple couple of questions here to kind of tie together. One, what was your reaction when you found out that he was officially done coaching? And two, What's the top thing that you learned from him? 
So um, if I could just rewind it back um, to my lacrosse and then talk about Coach Beheim. So, Mike, I've been really, really fortunate that in my lifetime, I was coached by three of probably the best coaches ever at the time and even in history. I had Mike Masser at West Genesee and then Roy Simmons Jr., when I played lacrosse pretty good. And then I, and then I got a chance to walk on and play for coach Jim Bayham. <laughs> All three of those coaches in their perspective fields are considered the best or right at the top. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So when Mike Masser retires, mm-hmm. when Roy Simmons jr. Retires and now coach Jim Bayham retires, it's surreal. Like it's, it's, it doesn't even seem like it's happening. I like bet. how yeah. could this be? Right. Like yeah. we we're so used to this. We're so used to winning and winning championships and, and this guy's a fabric in our communities, in our household, and with teammates and parents and all the things that we know, our community, right? Yep. And then snap of the finger, it's gone. It's real. So when you ask me about Coach Beheim, and, you know, I, I kind of chuckle, but it seems like this discussion about Coach Beheim, you know, retiring, he's been going on for like 10 or 15 years, right? And it, it has. My, my former roommate at Syracuse, Mike Hopkins, was the coach in waiting for what seemed like an eternity at Syracuse, right? And then I think the turning point probably was when Coach Beheim's boys decided to join the program or come into the program. That was going to extend his life, and I think that's when Hop said, okay, I need to move on. And that's when he went over to Washington. But Coach Beheim and his retirement is a really interesting thing because I think there was enough people, and Mike, you heard it, I heard it, and we've heard it for years, it's time. He's, you know, passed the reins on. Let's get out of the two, three zone. Let's, let's bring some fresh blood in this, that, and the other thing. Well, I'd like to just quickly remind anyone that's listening to this, that there was a situation it's in Syracuse university's history, at least from my perspective, when Paul Pasquale was the coach, we were winning nine, 10 games regularly. And I, I was there when it was happening at Syracuse. And then there were some calls right at the end for Coach P, like, yeah, let's get some fresh blood in. Let's get some, let's get a new guy in. And, and and even I was behind it a little bit, right? I raised my hand. I was guilty of probably saying that at the time. And then the next coach we brought in wasn't what we thought. In fact, it set our program back 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, okay? At least in my opinion. I know that's harsh, but that's really what happened. We were a perennial top 10, 15, 20 program. And, you know, overnight with a snap of a finger, it all went away. So, you know, Red Autry, Adrian Autry, the new coach that's in there, he was a former teammate of mine when I walked on and played at Syracuse. I think he deserves a shot at it. There's going to be people all over town saying, is he ready? He's never coached before. You know, why didn't we get Rick Pitino? Blah, blah, blah. There's there's a million of those, you know, comments that are out there. Only time is going to tell, Mike, right? Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to one thing. Wins, mm-hmm. losses. That's right. Wins, losses. How far are you going to take the team? We've been spoiled here. You know, I don't care what anyone says about Jim Beheim. Overall, in his overall body of work, he has won games. We've won a lot of games. And we go deep into the tournament on average. So let's see what Adrian Autry can do here, right? I mean, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. But going back to what you're saying, Coach Beheim, his retirement, it's, it's, 
a crazy thing here because he's just he's a part of Syracuse University, a huge part of it, and he's a part a huge part of the Syracuse community. So to take one of those pieces off the off the table, it's uh it's definitely weird. So I think you know it's 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 sad, but I think a lot of people are excited to see uh, what the next uh, wave of coaching is gonna is bring us. And you know what's <clears throat> I think with Red, you know, yeah, he deserves a chance. There are a lot of people, you're right, who think it should be an open coaching search type of a thing. <clears throat> I feel both sides, I do. But when Jim retired and the tournament's still going on, like how long are you gonna wait for Matt Langle to interview him? Rick Patino, um, whoever else. We're in an NIL transfer portal world. You want to keep your roster. you got to talk to players who are on your staff. You recruited some of them. Guess what? It was always going to be Red Autry. I can tell everybody that right now. He was always the guy, number one. And number two, you know, by making that decision quickly, you know, I kind of have the university's back there, Charlie, because now he can go right to all of his players. You know, they know he's the head coach. And I know some guys have made certain decisions since then. Judah Mintz, Joe Girard, again, They'll test the NBA water, see what happens if they don't hire the agent, come back, whatever everybody does. But naming that head coach gives them an opportunity to then say, okay, he's our guy, go hit boots on the ground, go do it. Look what happened, what, a day or two later, J.J. Starling comes. Like, those, right? And, and, right? And, you know, you just took that thought right out of the top of my head. So in his first few days, first few hours as captain, right, uh, you, know, head, head of, you know, head of the, uh, the program, the focus, you know, was getting reestablished with current recruits and literally hitting the road ASAP and introducing himself as the next men's basketball coach at Syracuse. And, you know, Red's, you know, relatively young. He's not young, 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 but he's got probably another gear of, you know, energy and, and freshness that he's going to bring into, say, a living room, right, or on a phone call with a recruit. The fact that he had a prior relationship with J.J. Starling, a five-star recruit that a lot of teams wanted, and the fact that J.J. Starling and his family trusted him, because this is a guy, J.J. Starling is probably thinking about going pro someday, right? Let's not kid around here. He's a five-star recruit. He's thinking NBA someday, right? So the fact that they trusted Red Autry to come in here and sort of nurture and, you know, have him grow with Coach, that says a lot already about the trust factor. So to me, out of the gate, he gets flying colors already. Mm -hmm. he, he brings in J.J. Starling. If Judah Mintz somehow ends up testing the waters, comes back, Jesse Edwards comes back, who knows about Gerard? But, like, Syracuse could have a pretty good team next year, Mike. You know what I'm saying? I do. Like if, if, some, if some pieces fall together, they're going to be bringing back a team that's going to be competing for the, in my opinion, the upper quarter, upper third of the ACC next year. I think it's possible. There's no doubt. And Starling is a stud. I remember, you know, seeing him in high school and going, whoa. I mean, it, it was just right there, the look tests and all the rest. Um, the final thing I've got for you, Charlie Lockwood, is Mike Powell recently, uh, 22 goes up. And I, I guess you could probably put 22 up in the rafters about 10 different times for 10 different players. Um, the pressure of wearing that jersey exceeding expectations, you know, you guys know when you go into the program what it's like, especially you being in, in Central New York playing for Mike Messier and West Jenny and, and that whole thing. You go basically to West Genesee 2.0 when you go to Syracuse, let's be honest. You wore 22 on a dare from Coach Simmons. You exceeded expectations. You know the pressure. You had a, a bunch of success. The Powell guys have had it. Mikey goes up into the Raptors. 
Can you just kind of go into what you when when you watched Mike Powell play lacrosse, what you saw and that twenty two jersey, you know, slipping that on? Was it was it like, oh, this is this is fine because I've I've dealt with pressure in this sport my whole life, or was there was there an added holy shit moment when you put that on and looked down and went, oh my god, this is twenty two with the cues, man? Well, listen, I joke around with Casey Ryan and Mike all the time, especially Casey. I tell him that you know he had to take twenty two for me. I had to take it from Gary. <laughs> And, and, and that was a lot of pressure for sure. But, you know, once you get rolling and once you have confidence in yourself, Mike, and trust in your abilities that, you know, you've worked your whole life to, to get to a level, once that takes over and the competitive juices get flowing, it is a number, you know, it's just, it lays on the fabric of your Jersey, but it is significant from a standpoint that the expectations are through the roof. Right. But as a player, you go out there and you do the things that you've been doing for years in the back, you know, in your backyard, on your driveway, wherever, doing it by yourself. And then, like I said, trusting those abilities, trusting those hours of practice in a game situation, usually it's something that you instinctively do. You don't have to think about it. It just happens naturally. When it happens naturally, in my opinion, usually you get the best results. When I see Mike Powell, and, and, you know, his retirement of the 22 jersey, um, you know, going into the Raptors, he was a special player, Mike. He, you know, didn't, he, he wasn't six foot two, 220 pounds, okay? He didn't get off the bus and scare the opposing defenders. But I'll tell you what, when he got on the field, his electric play was just something that was so unique in the game that I can only tell you that. In, in my 30 years of playing the game, and that's at the highest levels, Mike, I've probably seen two, three, four, five guys that sort of have his stature and have their ability, it has his ability to actually change a game like he did. And that's from thousands of players, Mike. So Mike Powell was so deserving of that honor. And it's special to see guys like that that have put so much into it get that type of recognition. But as he pointed out in his own ceremony, which this was the best part of the whole ceremony, in, in my opinion, he turned it right back and he said, you know, that honor is our honor, the team's honor, the community's honor. That to me tells you what type of person he is. And it's bigger than the player, which it's hard to believe, but true. Yeah, I was actually hoping that he'd whip out the guitar, you know, and and and, and play for a while because, man, I I yeah, got to tell you, man, I, guy that's got a lot of talent. Holy everywhere. smokes, does he ever! And I I remember it was crazy, Charlie. I was driving through my hometown of Burton, New York, just you know, whatever, fifteen minutes north of the city of Syracuse, and I'm driving down Route 11, and my guys over are over at Rosie's. I stop by every week, and you know, I'm I'm driving around. I look over at the community church. And it's got a sign, and it says Mike Powell, Friday, whatever the date was. And I was like, wait, what? And he played at the church, and they sold apparel, and I bought a shirt, and I you know, walked up to him and said hello to him, ended up getting him on a show later on. And, and it was the coolest thing to listen to Mike play and sing in a, in, a, in a small little church full of, I don't know, there were probably 40 people there. And it was just, it was really one of the coolest musical experiences I've ever had, you know? Yeah, and, and, you know, just to add on to that, I mean, you know, Mike is, is special, a very unique talent, very unique personality, you know, all all around, on and off the field. But, you know, going back to the 22, 
and looking at the new number 22, Mike, you know, Joey Spelina. Here's a kid that, you know, has practiced his whole life to wear that jersey. You know, if you, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've talked to him several times. I communicate with him. You know, this is a, a kid that for years before he ever got to Syracuse dreamed about wearing 22 and, and playing in the dome, right? So he spent several hours on the bounce back, several hours on cages with nobody looking, nobody paying attention, working to hit that, you know, that goal, that dream. And I'll tell you right now, you know, he had a really rough start his first game and, you know, took a lot of heat for it. But I would say for the, you know, the last five, six, seven games, he's, he's put to bed any notion that he wasn't going to be able to handle it. He's done a great job. And, you know, his skills, Mike, are just off the chart. For, for a young kid to come in in that environment, he's got confidence, he's got skills. You know, I would say that, you know, the one thing that he lacks a little bit is, is going to be his stature, his size. You know, some of these guys that he's taking on in the ACC, Mike, they're football players. Let's be honest. They're, they're not the defensemen that, you know, that I won against 25 years ago. These guys could literally suit up for Division One football programs, right? And so when, when Joyce Williams puts his shoulder down, <laughs> he's, he's getting met with guys that are, you know, just giants. He's smart enough to recognize how he can be effective, though, in these games. And I'm really excited to see, you know, what his future holds. And, and I think a lot of fans are, too. But, you know, you got a guy like him as a, as a piece to, to, you know, start your, your program with. And then you build it from there. So I would say the future's bright. And the, and the new 22 at Syracuse is going to do just fine. Well, he won a state title with West Genesee in 1990 before that amazing career at Syracuse University, leading him to the 93 national title, of course, and um, an athlete of the year uh, as well during his senior year, just a dominating, dominating campaign. And then obviously what a performance on the U.S. stage as well, the U.S. men's national team. Two-time member, helped lead Team USA to the gold medal at the 94-98 World Championships. And now he's a media star. Let's be honest. Charlie Lockwood with the Locked and Loaded Lacrosse Podcast. Make sure you download, subscribe where podcasts are found on your smartphone device. And subscribe to the YouTube page like I just did, the 2015 Hall of Famer, Charlie Lockwood. Thanks, bud. Great to catch up. Yeah, Mike, let's do this again. Uh, you know, maybe at the end of lacrosse season, we can catch up and we can do a recap. But uh, I love being on your show. I love talking about you sports. And, you know, I bleed orange, uh, you know, hoop and, and lacrosse. And, and I only hope for the best, uh, you know, uh, for the programs going forward. Well, and hey, you've already got the best coming because, you know, old man Charlie Lockwood's going to feel pretty good with the backs now at the Dome, right, coming up here. The next renovation, man, no no more just steel benches on, on, on your butt. You know, you got that back now, you know? That's right, man. It helps <laughs> us, you know, senior citizens out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thanks, Charlie. Okay, take care, Mike. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Stanley Law Office's Burn Dairy and Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual, New York State. <laughs> Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.